Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we just try to make sense of some of the things we love about photography and some of the things that we don't love as much. Come join us. Terry, welcome to this week's edition of Photo Mission Focus. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm fantastic, Terry. <laughs> That's great. Hey, listen, the subject we've got today is, should you invest in your skills before investing in new equipment? Absolutely. That, without a doubt, that, that's something that you, you must do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I th- look, it's really important to actually get new skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not much point having the latest and greatest gear if you can't really utilise it. That's right. Um, there's no point having a camera that you're operating in auto mode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> when, when you can get so much more latitude out of it if you operate it in a manual mode or a mode where you actually understand the functions. Exactly. And I think the trick is what you try and do is with your existing equipment, you try and wring every bit of performance out of that yeah. by using, you know, getting yourself upskilled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's plenty of places in there really these days. There's no excuse for people not to kind of learn about photography. Yeah. And there's so many aspects that of skill that um, you can expand on and by utilising things such as YouTubes, little camera clubs that you could tap into in your community and even learning from other photographers about how to expand your skill, whether it be taking better photographs or whether it be having better exposures or maybe challenging yourself to try something a little bit more creative. There are so many avenues out there where you can tap into resources that are available. I know that in previous podcasts you've talked about some of the, I mean, you've used a lot of the online mm. tutorial stuff and they've been absolutely, re- and they've been really helpful for your photography. You've learned a lot from that. Absolutely. I found probably about 10 years ago, I'd have to say, I really tapped into the ability of using forums and YouTube to learn things that I may have gone a little bit rusty over. Like yep. it had been quite a while since picking up a camera back then. And I wanted to, to just revise some of my skills and also enhance the skills that I had. And I found it was detrimental to to expanding my career, yep. to be honest, because it did. It made me a better shooter. Yep. It made me understand what I was shooting and why um, and also gave me the ability to think creatively and get it technically right at the same time. And I think that's the best benefit that I've I've found out of expanding my skill. Yep. So it's I think it, it's quick for people to think if I buy the better camera, my photography is going to be improved. Mm. But if you took that money you were going to invest in that camera, new, in the yourself. next model camera, yep. and you were then to, to invest that in yourself personally, Absolutely. Yes. Um, I think it'll pay much more dividends to your photography yeah. uh, in the long term. Yeah, and I think also by understanding what your skill level is, you can, un- you can get a really good gauge on what type of equipment you should be upgrading to, whether it be you want to get a new body or you want to get a new lens. Maybe you want to try uh, shooting in prime lenses because you get better better output with your images. Um, so that's a really good good thing to consider as well. Yeah, that's it. And I think one of the things, like I said, there's lots of ways you can do it. And, and some people do mm-hmm. struggle the learning online thing because mm-hmm. sometimes some people learn, everyone, we all learn different mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So some people can learn by watching someone do it yes. and they can pick it up. Yes. Other people need that kind of more hands-on guidance. Yeah. So there is, so there is all these options available and they're not super expensive. No. No, you can you can literally jump on YouTube and find anything that you want to learn. Yep. Uh, and and it's, it's even something that you and I've talked about mm. uh, of of doing some workshops yes. to help people with their photography. Yeah. So we'd be really keen to hear any feedback from people in, and we're based in Queensland in 
Brisbane. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to find out what people would like to learn as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, because yeah. between us, we've got a lot of technical skill mm. and a lot of creative energy as well. Yeah, and I think it'd be interesting to hear what people what people want to improve on and, and the areas they want to improve. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious as well to find out what the skill. I guess I, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but skill shortage is out yes. there. Like what are people using to photograph? What types of modes are they using to photograph? Yep. What would they like to be using? I think that sometimes you have a skill deficit where you don't have skills in a particular area, so you'll, yeah. you'll avoid shooting that style That's of photography. Right. And, that Absolutely. Can be, and that can be basically yeah. hinder you. Yeah, I used to avoid shooting low light with flash because I, <laughs> I, I hated it because I didn't understand it and I have I recognised by learning more yep. and understanding more I feel more confident and capable to go into those scenarios. I think the other thing is but a lot of people who have been maybe doing photography for a few years, mm. some of those early rules, you, know, you can't use the high ISO, you've got to keep the ISO down. So you sacrifice other things because mm. you're, you're trying to keep the ISO down. Mm-hmm. And the reality today is today's digital cameras is that in low light situations they're phenomenal. You can you can let the, the ISO creep up, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know if you're trying to take some pictures like you do, say you know in a church where it is the, the light isn't great, you have to make those decisions and understanding make, why you're making those decisions as well. I think is yeah. important. What what's going to happen by by choosing a higher ISO if you don't have a good knowledge of what your equipment can do, you're not going to understand what the ramifications are of of choosing a higher ISO and gaining that noise or in old school terms, that grain effect. Yes, which which sometimes can enhance the picture. Absolutely. And it was a technique that film photographers, it was one of the tools that you could use as a Mm. film photographer. You, You could push, use that grain. Yes, that's right. I remember shooting weddings on 3200 film. Ilford, black and white, was Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Because I think the thing that people miss is, say, for instance, if you're trying to capture something and it's, say it's the throwing of the bouquet in the air, mm-hmm. you don't really want the bride to be big, this big blur <laughs> of the arm going up because you're shooting at, you know, one thirtieth of a second. <laughs> um, the devastation <laughs> when you realise you've set your camera wrong. No. <laughs> so you, you want to sometimes be able to freeze that action. Yeah. You're not going to achieve that. Um, other times lifting the ISO up because yeah. of that light. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a little skill that you can practice and you can even practice it with cars going past to understand what a fast shutter speed, speed does, does and how you can pan with your images. Like that's a really old technique that I don't know if people, if you, of course people would still use it, but in um, I remember in high school we, were, we learnt about shutter speeds and yes. apertures and all of those kinds of things. And if you have a look at the calibre of photographers that are coming out now, whether they're hobbyists or whether they're coming into the world professionally, a lot of them are still relying on the automatic functions on yes. their cameras, which yep. is, is a, it's just insane to think. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if, if you upskill yourself so you, you, know, you learn about things and, like I said, look at things that are going to help you in your photography mm-hmm. and some – Sometimes, and I think you touched on before about kind of getting outside your comfort zone as well, because mm. sometimes you want to learn some stuff that maybe you don't normally shoot in that style of photography, but mm. it's good to get a handle on it and shoot. Like you said, you were talking about panning. Yeah. So if you if you practice panning cars going down the like you know down the freeway or something, so you're on the side of the freeway and you're just doing it very slow shutter speed. Mm. So you're catching the freezing the free. So you're kind of freezing the car with. Your fluid motion yeah. when you hit the shutter. For those that don't understand what panning is, it's when you are, as you say, you're you're moving with the object yes. to capture that in a freeze frame. And, and typically, what you're trying to do is what you what you're trying to 
do is you're trying to actually say the object's moving, so you don't want to freeze the wheels. So you're not going to shoot it like at one thousandth of a second where it'll just freeze the background. Mm. It'll freeze the car or the bike. A good, good example is the cyclist. Yes. Right? you got this nice light coming through and you've got a cyclist riding mm-hmm. along a track and you want to kind of – so you can see the cyclist is moving, so the background's blurred. Yeah. But you want to kind of freeze the cyclist. Yep. But you still want a bit of blur in the wheels so – you know the cyclist is actually moving. Yeah, which is a really good technique if you if you're photographing anything that that requires speed. It's, yes. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, it's probably not it's probably not a skill that you'd use too often in a wedding scenario. But there's probably well, you, you know, I was just thinking it 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 is something that we use to be creative. With, yeah, we use it on the dance floor. Yes. Yep. Uh, we would use it uh, when we've got our bridal shots. If we have got a bridal party moving past us, we often pan, which yep. gives us a really good effect later on in the day. Yes. Yeah, not in the church though. Not in the church. <laughs> Everything's a bit quiet and, you know, and demure. So that's what I'm saying. So, you know, what we're talking about today is about, you know, investing in yourself, learning and getting your skill level up to a point where you'll get to a point when you know then your camera is holding you back. Yes. Because I think for a lot of people who are starting out in photography, the basic, a lot of the basic cameras are really good anyway. Yeah. And, you know, there's been heaps of YouTube clips where what they've done is they've given a top-end camera to a amateur and they've given an entry-level DSR to a pro. <laughs> I never know t- how to use the entry and, ones. And, gave, and gave, them, gave them the same briefs. Yes. And the pros still nailed it with the entry-level camera. Mm. It, the, the camera didn't – they worked within the – they knew the limitations of the camera. Yes. And they'd worked within that to create beautiful shots. Yeah. Because you knew, your skill level – their skill level so high. Yes. Equipment is – it doesn't come into it. Yeah. Like you work with what you got. That's right. And and I have to say that some of the, the techniques that you would use, for example, exposure and metering to an object – you can actually replicate some of those those techniques with your iPhone. Yes. If you understand what you're looking for. Like I, I passed um, a young couple that were going to their school graduation yesterday, very yes. cute couple, down by um, by the waterfront trying to get a beautiful picture with the sun behind them. Yes, yep. And I just happened to have a look at the back of everyone's cameras and they were black. Yes. So they were in full shadow. So yes. I just walked up behind a couple of people and just said, hey, if you overexpose that you'll get the detail. You'll get a little bit more detail and less shadow on their faces. Yep. And the person that I spoke to said, what is overexposing? Yes. And they had a digital SLR. And I'm like, yes. um, okay, that's a lesson for another day. Uh, <laughs> do you just do what you do it? <laughs> you just keep shooting an auto. Yeah, yeah. But it was like an impromptu lesson for, these, for some people on the side of the road. <laughs> Terry's tip of the day. <laughs> yes. Meter for faces. That's it. And, and look, they're the things, like I said, that people can go out and you can learn that stuff. Mm. And like I said, there's plenty of ways to do it. But I think the, you know, there's a lot of the marketing stuff is aimed at the camera gear yes. to photographers. Get this lens, it's faster, get this body, it's this, it's that. I think there should be more emphasis on the actual photographer saying, well, how, how much how much do you know, Terry? You know, because mm. what, what you know is what you know. Mm-hmm. And that's going to dictate how far your photography can go mm-hmm. as a photographer. So the more you know, 
the better you can shoot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even editing, to be honest, there's so much you can learn with that. And and I even had a bit of a refresher the other day. I was I was visit, visiting a photographer friend and, and I just cheekily said, do you mind going through your editing techniques for yes. me? Because I know that you use a different process. So it was really interesting to watch that and to learn what someone else is doing and the benefits to the way that they manage their workflow yes. and their editing processes. So that's another way that you can increase increase your skill level that's right because just because you started off doing your workflow a particular way because that mean, yeah. it doesn't mean it's it's the be- it could be for you it could be the best but yeah there may be something else that you might do and so what you it's really is a good exercise to yeah. go and sit by a fellow photographer and go well you've just shot tell me what you do what do you do now and it was amazing because it, it reminded me of techniques that i used to use editing wise before i started using Lightroom as my main source for editing and it was great. It was a little bit of a lesson for me. It was a little bit of skill relearning and learning and it was just like, oh, gosh, I need to do this more. Yes. Yeah. Well, as I said, you know, I just can't emphasise enough how much building your skill set and just trying stuff. And like I said, you know, that panning thing we were talking about, panning technique, you can just go out, find yourself a, a safe location well, you're not going to get hit by a car. <laughs> not in the middle of the road, people. Not in the middle of the road. <laughs> Find a location where there's traffic moving past or, you know, if it's, I'll tell you another good one is bike, like on a bikeway where there's bike people mm. riding past mm-hmm. and practice like just trying to shoot to see if you can just freeze the bicycle, blur the background and just work on that, that technique. Yeah. And then try mix it up and try a whole range of different things. And I tell you what, you, we've... We're in such a fortunate time at the moment with digital cameras because we can see instant results yes. and we can modify our technique to achieve the right results. Well, the beauty of it is the back of the camera, you have feedback. You have yes. instant feedback. Instant feedback. So you can look at the shot and you can make adjustments on the fly yes. and go, okay, look at the back of the image and go, what's wrong with this image? Yes. Okay, I my picture is... My background's blurred, but my subject's blurred. What yeah. did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, it's a bit like a golf swing. Yeah. That's how I panning is. It's, like it's You've got to have that fluid motion. Mm. The other interesting thing that people don't do with um, panning, which is a really, you know, good tip to do, is the follow-through. So once you've taken the shot, don't, yeah. don't stop the camera. Keep the camera moving. Yes. Right around. So you do your – whether you're doing like an arc of 180 or whatever the arc is that you're doing – when you press that shutter, don't stop moving the camera. Keep the camera because the minute you press stop the camera, it's going to stop your your frame. Yeah, yeah you're going to you're potentially not going to have that smooth mm. flowing picture where where it, and mm. if you watch pro photographers, that's what they'll do. They'll basically start they'll sight it. You're watching it. You're going through, click, and you follow through. Yeah, and that's if you watch any of the sports photographers like on TV, they're yes. definitely doing that with yes. their, their 400 mil, whatever it is yeah, they've got on there. Mil, yeah, 600 mil, 400 mil, whatever. <laughs> 2,000 mil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so there's those, th- those things that you can practice. Mm. Go out, like I said, watch some YouTube clips, jump on. And look, the other thing, there's heaps of meetups and, there's, mm. and some of the meetup things are good because sometimes there's not a lot of, you won't get the tuition or value out of them, but you'll get... The fact that you're seeing how other people are shooting. Yeah, I find more value watch in those kinds people, of scenarios. Watch yeah. other photographers. You can learn a lot about photography by just watching how mm. other photographers go about shooting something. And it gives you an idea to go, oh, why are they getting down low? Why are they doing that? And then you try it and you go, oh, okay, that actually much more, pl- the image yeah. is much more pleasing when I shoot at this angle. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought 
to shoot like that. Yeah, yeah. I've even pulled myself up a few a few times in the last few weeks because I've recognised um, some things that are some habits that I've started to to form. Yep. Which just affects the angle of my photography. So I'm, I'm bending my neck forward too much, which changes the angle of where my camera is. So I know I need to start standing up straight. You need a posture. I do. A posture I correction. Do, because there's way too much um, lens calibration having to happen at the moment. <laughs> well, well, the other the other thing is what you can do if your photography is take a self audit. You know, mm. audit yourself. Look mm. at what what how you're shooting now and maybe some bad habits have crept in. Absolutely. And yeah, and I definitely self-audit regularly because it's it can be so quick that you can create a bad habit and stick to it because it's the easy way. Yes. But I think they say, they talk about when you're doing any type of re- repetition, like mm, habits, mm. they're typically formed when you do something obviously over and over again. Mm. So sometimes when you're doing something good and you do it over, it becomes automatic. Yes. But then... It's easy then to do something bad and then do it over and over and then you're automatically doing something bad. Yes. And you're not always aware of it. Yeah, that's so true. It's so, so, so true. And by upskilling yourself, you'll alleviate those kinds well, of issues. It's kind of like I can just remember my son showed interest in golf when he was quite young and we took him to a, you know, a coach. Yeah. Anyway, teaching him how to swing the golf club and all that type of jazz. And quite often when someone else looks at what you're doing, mm-hmm. They can point out those little things, crucial little things where you're going wrong mm. that you may not you may not have picked up on or yeah. may not have even thought was going to make a difference. Yes, that was me on the weekend riding a motor- motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so much wrong, my partner was telling me. <laughs> <laughs> a bit different than driving a car yeah. or taking a picture. Oh, my gosh, so much different, <laughs> so <Actually>. much scarier. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look, this, this episode we're talking about um, should you invest in your in your skill set um, before investing in new equipment. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, buying new equipment. No, it's fun. I mean, fun. we all love it. Yeah. It's it's, it's fun thing of, you know, that breaking open the packet. But it's point, I think if you when you do buy new equipment, it needs to be because you can, you need it. Like yeah. You, you, it's something's holding you back. Or That's you've, right. you've got a creative idea where you need a very fast lens. Yeah. So you, you need that 50 mil, 1.2 mil. Ugh. Delicious. Don't we all need that? That yes. creamy bokeh? Oh, yes, we do. I would like one. <laughs> I've got a 1.8. A 1.2 would be amazing. Well, it would be. It would be. Not, not, it's, not, it's one of those lenses that if you owned it, it'd be, it'd be lovely to own, but it's kind of hard to justify Yeah. with the yep. other kit that you carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so, yeah, people, skill yourself. Use some resources around YouTube, Creative Live, camera clubs, yes. friends. Meetups. Mentors, mentors, yeah. Mentors, and we've talked about mentors in previous shows and that's another way to, to mm. build your skill set. And like I said, just go and observe. The other thing is just people watch. If you just watch other photographers and you're just pointing out that situation where that graduation photo and there's a photographer that they're oh, taking it. Oh, it's so cute though. <laughs> but you can, you, can, you can kind of see where that photographer's going wrong and they're probably getting frustrated trying to. Oh, they were the poor buggers. I was watching them and they've been sitting there for about 15 minutes. I was about 10 minutes away watching them walking away. I'm like, what are they doing? Oh, that's what they're doing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, like I said, it is hard for people. And sometimes, like I said, they don't know they can do better. Mm. Sometimes that's a problem like when you point out to people, oh, if you just did this and this and this, or you just change this setting in your camera, this will allow you to do the shoot this way. Yeah. And once they see it, they're kind of like the panty dropped and you go, oh, wow, like, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's a good moment too when you share that with someone and you actually show someone something they didn't know. Yes. And then the, the panty drops and they can actually see the improvement. They're like, oh, 
Oh, thanks. So that's I didn't it. know that. Oh. So that's how they do that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Magic. I thought that was all done in Photoshop. It wasn't done in camera as such. So like I said, and that's one of the things that Terry and I have kicked around about doing something ourselves. So mm. we'd love to hear some feedback. We'd mm. love to hear your comments, you know, drop it in there if there's something. And I know you've been approached recently. People wanted to do a second shoot yeah. as a wedding photographer to get this, to get that kind of skill set. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a really good – that's encouraging that people are reaching out mm. and wanting to do the second shooting because it means they do want to – improve their skills yeah yeah it's quite exciting for them i just wish i had had more more, more. And it's, well, it's, it's, it's one of those things too that sometimes you can't you you can't justify babies babying someone through a wedding shoot you don't have that time to yeah to to, to kind of you know take them aside and go okay well let's do this this now. is happening now and yeah you it's a really this. crazy scenario to be trying to teach someone sorry well it is a, that's a hard that's a hard environment to kind of learn mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. and probably you're better off going and doing a working on like a style shoot. Yeah, so it's a pre- really good way to find. So out. the pressure's off as far as like, so we can can we do that again? Yeah, retake it. Let's do it again. Yeah. Um, the pressure's not there. In in the real world situation, it's kind of like, yeah, it's do or die. I'd be happy to oversee and go. Right, you've got to move, people. Come on, Come on. ceremony time. <laughs> Reception <laughs> starts in five minutes. March, March, March. <laughs> yeah. So look, we'd Watch be, the we'd, panic. We'd be really keen to hear from people. Like I said, the types of things like skills that they they feel like they're lacking mm, in mm. and we may even uh, be able to point people in different directions there's a there's a few really good things that happen you know there's a thing called the canon collective as well which yeah. is a, which is run lots of amazing events i think nikon do some similar events mm-hmm. and i think even like now like sony and yeah a lot of them are actually now the camera manufacturers are actually putting on some things which is kind of helps you get you in uh, maybe Thinking differently, shooting yeah. differently, and I think the AIPP have been running a few kind of educational yes. days and stuff and as another, well, which is a great resource to tap into. Yeah, and I, I think I I tagged you in a one. There was um, I did, and I sadly had a booking on that. Yeah, day, so, so you couldn't go. do it sadly. Yeah, and yeah. So sometimes in your local area, like some of your um, like in Australia, that the is in most states, mm. and most of them have a Facebook page and that type of thing you can jump on. It's definitely worth keeping an eye on. And like I said, you know, Canon have their Canon Collective and I think Nikon, I just can't think what Nikon calls. They, they've got a similar type of program where they do I think stuff. they do, yeah. And I think they're all kind of, I suppose why they do it is they want people to get the most out of their camera. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's sad, it's sad buying a really like, you know, high-end camera and lens set. And just letting it collect dust. And have dust. it collect dust that you're not actually out there shooting it and using it the way it was intended. And the thing is, sometimes people don't know their equipment. Yeah. You know, if you're shooting of any of the higher-end DSLRs, they're weather-sealed. Mm. People are horrified. I do a lot of street photography. People are horrified I'm out shooting in the rain because I love the rain. Oh, because, so do I. Because it gives you so <laughs> many opportunities. It has sh- destroyed a few of my cameras. Let's yeah, just but, be but, but the camera I'm currently shooting with, I'm so confident with the weather sealing mm. that I, I'll shoot in the rain with it and mm. I've never had a problem. I mean, yeah. I, you don't go stupid. Like, yeah. I mean... You're not standing out in a torrential downpour where there's lightning and stuff. I'm talking about light rain in the city, street photography. People are like, oh, your camera's getting wet. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, it's, that's okay. actually, it's actually designed <laughs> to work in this environment. Mm. But some people don't know that. They own no. a camera that's weather sealed and they're not even aware mm. that they can use it in light rain. Yeah, that's all about understanding your gear, isn't it? As it's well. about understanding and yeah. having those skills. Yeah. So let's call this one. We definitely think... Invest in yourself, invest in your skills, 
before you spend all your money on equipment. Yes. Because the danger is if you buy that equipment and you still get the results that you're not happy with, it mightn't be the equipment. It's just that you don't know. You, don't, yeah. you just don't know have all the skills yet yeah. to be able to get, to get all the information. Yeah. I mean, it's like some of the high-end cameras, um, like um, say in Canon, they have the, the, the D1X. Like yeah. The, it's a fully manual camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to have pro cameras that were just manual. Just manual. You oh, God, do, I love them. you got to do everything. So, yeah. you know, you pick one of them up, you're going to – people buy it thinking, I've got this amazing high-end camera, but then they really struggle to use it. Yeah. They need to go out and get some skills. Yeah, that's right. All right, Terry, this um, – we'll um, look forward to all those comments yes. coming in. And, and <laughs> I want to find out what skills people want. Yeah, what they want to learn. Mm. All right. Thanks, Terry. No See worries. Ya. See you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a subject for our next show, also leave that in the comment as well. Thanks for listening.